0: Hey, my name is John. Thanks a lot, seriously, for going. I'm going to be here this whole uh, GMHC conference, and I'm helping with the virtual reality part that's down there. So, if we go through something and we just don't have the time tonight, I just want you to know I'm going to be available to, uh, to talk and work with you all as much as I can. I'm going to slide this way. How about that? All right. I was right in the middle of a call with somebody talking about what we're talking about right here. And they, they sent me a message and said, hey, you're supposed to be in your session. And I thought it was supposed to be Friday at four. So. But thankfully, I've got everything prepared. Let me give you a little, let me just pray. And that'll give me a chance to get my heart rate to settle from that you know, high-impact aerobic run over here. So, God, thanks for the group that you've gathered together here. And despite my tardiness, I pray, God, that you will still just work in our midst. Uh, You are at work, and we are so, so grateful for that, and we're honored to be able to serve you. So it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. well, from the microphone, I'm guessing that they're recording this, which means, part of what I'm going to share with you, I'm not going to say some locations and things like that. I'll be glad to do any of that to talk with you in person when we're not getting that recorded. My, I own a Christian media marketing agency, and I work with mission organizations uh, ranging from Jesus Film to wherever. And I'm in 35 different countries right now. Most of those are in the Middle East and North Africa, but not all of them. Uh, I tend to want to specialize in areas where the gospel isn't. And so we, as an agency work by using social media to find seekers and then we connect them and start a process online where that discussion, that dialogue takes place with the goal being to move offline for face-to-face. And I'll share just a little bit about that because that's one of the things that I think social media might be able to do to help you depending upon what your ministry objective itself is. And so... There are three things that I'm seeing that's happening in the world right now that, to me, are unbelievable. And the first one is just this. There are so many people in this world. There's just an unbelievable amount of people. In fact, currently there's 7.4 billion people in the world. Now, if you look at unreached areas, we're still looking at close to a third if you talk about unengaged, those who have no Bible, no workers, nothing, it's still a very, very high number. So, as you're seeing here, there's, around the time of Jesus, there's 300 or so million people. And then by 1800, it's 1 billion. And what's happening, like for me, I was born in 1970, January 28th, 1970. And for me, on, and since that time, there's been a rise in 3.4 billion people. So we've almost doubled in size since I came into this world. And they're anticipating by the year 2025 that we're going to be at 8 billion people. When we talk about strategies, then we have to have a strategy that allows us to do something in addition of a scale that can handle that kind of population growth of what's taking place. And so that's part of it. The world's population is going to double in our generation. That is what we're seeing. Is our ministry strategies set up to allow for that? That's one thing. Another thing that's happening is that in just the last few years, we have seen an unbelievable increase in the emergence of the largest communication network that's, that's ever happened. And in fact, in some of the places that I imagine that you work in, it completely skipped landlines. It went from no phone straight to cell phones. And I know I was recording and working in a video, this was uh, three or so years ago, in the middle of the bush up in northern Ghana, and yet I still had access to the internet and was able to post videos out in the middle of nowhere. And so they're anticipating by the year 2025 that every adult on earth who wants one will have access to the internet and to a cell phone. The greatest communication network that there's ever been. So even though the world's population is exponentially growing, there's also a realistic way to keep up with that growth. And then there's this third part. And over the last 20 years or so, there has been several recorded movements that God is beginning to do. So Middle East, North Africa, Asia, all of this. So specifically in Islam... In the last 1,400 or so years, there's been very few, if any, recorded movements of large amounts of people. But, in the last 20 years, God is doing something. And depending on who you talk to and whatever things, they're saying anywhere from 67 or whatever. Here's what I can tell you. In places where I work, in places where there have been no baptisms, no conversions in almost 10 years within the first two weeks of utilizing some of these things that I want to share with you today, they not only had people downloading, getting Bibles, meeting others face-to-face, but we're seeing generational church growth. In one country where there were no known Christians nearly five years ago, we're already at third-generational church plants that are taking place. So I believe that it works. It's not a magic bullet. So none of the things that I'm sharing with you, about finding supporters, finding seekers, raising prayer awareness, getting financial people for your ministry—any of these things—it's not a magic bullet. It's not just you know, put out a post on the internet and you're going to have overflowing milk and honey and supporters it's, or seekers knocking down your door. What I am telling you is that we live in an unprecedented time of opportunity, with tools that are in my, in, really, in my mind, we are in a, a time for evangelism that is second only to the beginning of the church, in the Pax Romano, the Roman peace. So, in the time that we have, let me share with you all a little bit about how you might be able to leverage social media for your ministry. Now, just by a show of hands, how many of you actively are utilizing social media right now for your ministries? Great. And how many of you, just by show of hands, does that include doing paid ads? Not sure what happened there in my screen. Okay, not very many of you, so the hands are coming down. What's going on there? Let's see if this comes back up. Might have the tech there. All right. So I, I, it's not just paid that I want to talk to you about, but I do believe that that's part of it. So let me uh, get the screen. Let's see. Okay. Here's three ways then with the time we have, and then we're going to have some question and answer time. And I want to make sure that I give to you. Obviously, I can't tell you every possible trick and thing that I'm seeing, but let me give you three of the things I want to try to cover in the time that we have. How to find seekers, how to raise awareness about your ministry, and then how to raise support. So if you're in one where your medical aspect also involves any kind of CP and church planting work, then I would love for you to hear those parts. Uh, If you're trying to just raise awareness, which I think all of us in ministry, we want to have more people aware of the work that we're doing, have people praying, that's another area. And then finding those who want to partner with you financially. So those are the three areas I want to try to share with you. Yes, sir? Could you move the screen over a little bit? I would love to do that. Yep. I think the screen is, uh, the cable is short. So let me slide and see if that works for you. Thank you so much. All right, no worries. See if that's better for you. All right, what this chart here, we're just talking about finding seekers. What this chart is showing you is just one country, one example of a three-year, year-over-year growth. Now, in this one, this is in a place where there were hardly any Christians. Right now, we're seeing around ten baptisms a month is what's taking place here. All of those are coming from social media. Okay, so all of those are coming from, specifically, paid, targeted ads. So this is contacts established, this is first meetings, the third one is baptisms, and the the last one is active churches that that are growing in this place. So year over year over year, the work from this team, and this is really a coalition for this one that I'm giving you an example for, is continuing to grow. And you're seeing that generational growth. This is another one. This is from, I'll give you an example from a Muslim city. I'll tell you off the the recording where it was. I will tell you that when I met with this team, as a team with two different mission orgs working together, they had had little to no conversions in almost 10 years. So in the very first month, we began to do this. 335,000 people in this city had an ad placed in front of them. That's the total population of the city. 50% views means they watched 50% of an evangelistic video. That's 21,000 people. Now, if we just stop right there and you think about how long it would take for you to take a piece of Christian content and walk around wherever it is that you work at and say, hey, would you you watch this one-minute video to get to 21,000? This is just in a few days of time. And at a scale of, I think our total ad spend here was 100. Right? And so depending on the location, the cost is not prohibitive when you do this. Um, I just finished doing an ad campaign in five different countries. Same theme, five different countries. In the one country, I'll tell you again, off, off record and whatever, we had the same number, about 300,000 people that saw it, with 13,000 people that clicked through to the website, and then a few hundred that sent private messages saying, I want to know more about Jesus. That country that I'm speaking of is about 99% Muslim. So, this in those kind of places, especially, because there's no competition. If you think about it, nobody's competing against my Christian ads in those places. The U.S. is more expensive. All right. So, just to give you some idea here. So, we had meetings three. We had ten people request a Bible. Um, and so shared comments, tons of stuff that happened. This is coming from social media. So when I work with people or talk to them, one of the things to me that's really important for you to think through is just who is your audience. So you'll hear that called a persona or an avatar. But in essence, it's really just trying to figure out who is it that you're trying to speak to. Now, we, I gave you three different possible objectives that you could do with social media. You find seekers, You can raise awareness. You could raise support. But the message for those three are going to be totally different. And really the methodology itself, while there are similarities, will look different as well. So understanding who your audience is is the first critical part to any kind of use of social media. Whether you are doing paid or you're just doing organic and putting posts out on your page. Who is that content for? So if you're doing, let's say, organic stuff on Facebook Uh, specifically, which Facebook owns Instagram, so if I say Facebook, I mean kind of both of them, then you can, even in your organic, say, I only want certain people. You can do interest targeting on that level as well. You don't have to pay to do that. I will tell you that if you're only doing organic, across the board in the the world right now, we're looking at about 7% of whatever your page's audience is, is going to see your post. So if for no other reason... You need to put some, a little bit of money behind your post, even if they're organic, just so that more of your tribe, of your audience, can see the content that you're putting out there. All right? So who is your audience? That's the critical first step. And there's a lot that goes through this, and we're not going to have time to go to it through that area. But just thinking through, who am I talking to, and what would I want to say to them? Not where I want them to be, but where are they? What are the questions that they are asking? It's kind of like, remember Radio Shack? Remember their slogan? You've got questions, we've got answers. You probably don't remember that. That's why they went out of business. They, yeah, nobody bought their stuff. But I think sometimes we, in our marketing, we have answers, but we don't know what the questions are anymore. So we're asking for, hey, you know, we want you to, to support us. We want this or whatever else. But that's not where the people, our audience are. That's not what they're thinking about at that point. So we need to think about steps even in our content that we're creating. So who's your audience? There is one way that is completely free. There's a couple different examples I want to give you. I just want to make sure you're aware of these if you're not. If you have a Facebook business account, which you need to if you're going to do any kind of paid ads moving forward, or on Instagram as well, you work in the same atmosphere, there is a tool in there called Audience Insights. If you've never seen it, You click up here in the top left where the hamburger menu, that's what they call it, unless you're in India, and then it's not called a hamburger menu. I don't know what they call it, but it's not that. The mutton menu, all right? That was kind of a joke. thank, Thank you. Okay, it was a mission joke. So you're going to press up there, and there will be a thing called audience insights. You can go into that, and you can say, put your country, and you can say what age, and you can say even what interest You can put all sorts of filters, and it's going to tell you how many people are actively on Facebook a month that meet that criteria. They'll tell you who your audience is. They'll tell you how many of them are actively on there. Now, I will give you this caveat. If you type in here, Jesus and Bible, as far as interest, you're going to get a group. It does not mean that it's a positive interest. So anytime I see this number, I divide it in half. There's nothing... I can't back that up by science. I can back it up by practice, but that's usually about right. So if it tells me, uh, for example, I was just running ads in Dearborn, Michigan, to a very, very small, specific segment of people in group, and it was saying, doing this, okay, there's going to be 20,000 people that fit the criteria that I was looking for. Well, that doesn't mean there's 20,000 that are positive. It may mean that they were negative, but there is an interest, whether it might be positive or negative. They're they're engaged with that topic. So they've, they've shown some sort of activity about it. This is found within your Facebook business account. So a takeaway from this session is if you don't have that account, it doesn't cost you anything, create the Facebook business account, create your ad account. Even if you don't run any paid ads, you have access to this research. And it's going to tell you so much about your audience. Okay? Um, And a business account is kind of like an umbrella account. So you can have multiple pages underneath that. And it shields and protects the pages and the people using those pages better than just having a page and trying to do it from that. And so that's one way you can figure out about your audience. This right here could really, really shape how you develop your social media content. Because you're going to see... You can dive into it and you can see what other pages do they like. You can see all sorts of stuff, what ages. You may be trying to target people who are young and you find out, well, they're not on Facebook, but they're on Instagram or whatever else. So it's going to tell you more information about your audience. It can tell you a tremendous amount of information. Another one is within Google. Running Google Ads, in my opinion, there's there's two parts to strategies that usually I do. There's a push and there's a pull strategy. A push strategy, and the way that I define it is, is I'm pushing something in front of you. You're on Facebook or you're on Instagram. You're not looking to buy something. You're looking for pictures of, like, cats or your nephew or something like that. When you're on Google, you're searching. So a pull is you've searched for something. I want to pull you from Google to my website. Facebook and Instagram, I want to push content in front of you that is of interest to you to get you then to respond to it. Used together can be really, really powerful. If I can only do one, right now around the world I use Facebook and Instagram. Because hands down, it is uh, better financially. We get better results. Right now, that way. In the country I was telling you about, with the 13,000 people that went to the website, I was paying point zero zero two of a penny to get a person to watch that video. Uh, just... That's just insane. (laughs) Unbelievable. Uh, And Google, you can get really low click rates, but not maybe quite that cheap. But, once again, understanding your audience, when you set up a Google Ads account, there is a way to look at words that are showing up in searches. And so there's a free tool, Keyword Planner, which will tell you what people are searching for. And you can search in, you have to search in your local language. So Facebook, you you can search in English, and it will translate that to Arabic or whatever. Google, you have to say the word in Arabic, or I speak Chinese. So for me, it would be in Chinese, in Mandarin, that I would type those things out. So those are, it's very, very specific. And so you can begin to see search volume, and you can understand who your audience is, and what are the questions that they're asking. And you can begin to put ads, or you can just put content in front of them that's going to be things that they're searching for. Now, as a side note, it's not on the slides, but this includes also even on your website. If you have any form of website, you can put a search bar in there that what they're searching for internally will show up, and you can see the search results on your site. Think about that. People are coming to your website, they're looking for something, they're searching for it, they're telling you what kind of content they're looking for. That can help you create your social media organic content as well. So the Google Ads and the Keyword Planner, and it's going to tell you forecasts not only of how much competition there is for it, but also just how many people are searching for it. So if you type in, in the United States, in the language of of English, the word Bible, the average monthly searches is 823000 That's going to cost, there's a lot of competition. They're saying it's going to cost me 67 cents to get my Add to show up there towards the top of the page. Now, if you've, got a, if you've got a good budget, it's great. But for most of us in ministries, we don't have unlimited money. And so we need to look for different words that have low competition but still a lot of volume. Where it's going to cost pennies to get that. Or you can begin to look for phrases. Things like, how do I? Or what is a dot, 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 dot. And if you have no idea where to go on that, go to Google and type in a phrase. And have you ever seen where it will show up underneath other phrases? That's this information. It's like the poor man's way of doing all of what I'm showing you right here. That's telling you these are the phrases that people keep asking for. Right? Let that drive your content. Whether that be finding seekers, raising awareness, whatever. That's going to help you understand your audience. All right, let's talk targeted ads just for a little bit here. How many of you on your websites have the Facebook Pixel already installed? Okay. This is the number one thing, the mistake that you're making. Okay. This is, this is, if I'm going to spend five minutes on this, let's dial down. I want to make sure that as you leave this, you are, you are aware of what you can do with this information. All right. Facebook Pixel is a small little bit of JavaScript, similar to Google Analytics. Do you have that? Do you all have that on your site by chance? Show of hands. Google Analytics. Okay. Just as that's going on your site, Facebook Pixel goes onto your site, and it gives information back to Facebook when somebody is on your site. It's anonymous data. This is not Cambridge Analytica. I don't know who those people are that are coming to my site, but... I can begin to gather data about them. So if somebody came to your site and they were interested in whatever that you might do with your ministry, that would show intent. It would show interest. Those are the people you want to be talking to. So when you install the Facebook Pixel on your pages, that information is passed through. Now I can create an ad saying, I only want to run a targeted ad to people in this city or this country who have visited my website. So if you think in marketing, we talk about a funnel. A funnel is just a way for us to try to describe something that's naturally happening. So if you have somebody that isn't aware of your ministry, somebody that's aware but they haven't done anything yet, maybe they're not a financial supporter or they're not a prayer partner, then you have these people that are heavily engaged. The numbers do get smaller, obviously. When you begin to retarget people that have come to your website, that's a warmer audience it's smaller, the more they're already aware, that's where Facebook Pixel can help you, is you can build custom audiences of people who have done amazing things. So let's say you have on your website a class or some sort of training you do or you've had some sort of seminar or you name it that has a specific URL to it. The Facebook Pixel will allow you to say, I only want to run an ad to people who have been to that page or have done this action or who have downloaded this document. I use this for Bible downloads. So when a person downloads the Bible or they go to version, then I send them an ad explaining to them how to read the Bible. Top stories. I don't need to send them an ad saying, here's my ministry, we exist, they already know you exist. They've downloaded a Bible. At this point, the message changes. That's why I'm saying, understand your audience. After you've met somebody face to face, you don't keep saying, hi, my name is John. They get that. You know, then you would move on. Oh, what do you do? And, and where are you? And those kind of things. That's what we do with targeted ads. And the Facebook pixel allows you to be able to communicate to just specific groups of people. But wait, there's more. Okay? You can also then create a lookalike audience. So you, if you have sufficient number, you can say with that custom audience of, say, everybody that's been to your website the last 180 days... I want Facebook to tell me another million people, depending on what country you're working in, who are 99% the same as those people who have already done something that I see as valuable. Now let's step away from this for a second and let me use business as an example. If I owned a coffee shop And I was able to keep track of everybody who downloaded, or downloaded, who bought a cup of coffee from me, and then create an ad to everybody else in the city that were 99% the same. Their online activity, the pages they liked, the videos they watched, they're very, very similar to this group that's already bought coffee. It just makes sense that that audience would be more likely to download a coupon or buy a cup of coffee from me. Well, Jesus is a lot better than a cup of coffee but it's the exact same mindset. Is that through creating custom audiences and lookalike audiences, you can run ads to people that are very, very similar to your best people, your prayer partners, your financial supporters, other seekers, whatever. So they're further down that funnel. They're at a warmer audience. So please, it is not hard. If you have that Facebook business account, which you really, really need to do, Then you just go, and under the hamburger menu, there will be a place where it says Pixel. It's going to give you this small, tiny bit of code. And you put that on every page on your site, and then it starts collecting data from that point on. It's it's not retroactive. So starting at the point you've installed it, it moves on. Now, there's limitations. If people use Safari browser or other things in the U.S., it blocks some of that information. Um, But for those of us that are working in overseas places, that kind of stuff isn't happening yet. To that point, And even still in the States, the quality is tremendous using these lookalike audiences. I use it all of the time. Um, in fact, the one I was telling you about where we had 13,000, it's because I had a custom audience of nearly 400 million people that had watched a certain Christian video, and then I was able to take that and tell Facebook of the billion people you know, find me a million people that are 99% the same as this group right here who are in this country, in this city. And then I I target it down. 13,000 people went to the website. I spent 200 total dollars for that total ad campaign. That's due using this right here. So Facebook Pixel is unbelievably powerful for your ministry. All right? Uh, If you want to know if it's working, if you use the Chrome web browser... There is a free plugin that pops up anytime time any page has Facebook Pixel installed on it. So it doesn't have to be yours. If I went to like ESPN right now, it would show up. It would pop. There's a little green light, and it would show. And it's going to show a number, and it's going to sh- say, this is that Pixel. There's no way to find out who owns that Facebook Pixel number. I've tried. I thought that would be a competitive advantage, but there's no way to know. All right, so you're not, there's no security risk there. But you can see if the Pixel is installed correctly and if it's working on your site. It's a free tool. It's a free plugin. So that's one of the ways that you can do that as well. Or, in your business manager on Facebook, it'll show you. So this is my website. That's my ID right there. And this is how many events this was set to a week. People viewing pages, doing different types of things. It's just going to show you the the web and flow. Similar to Google Analytics, but in a lot of ways, it is better because you can do these targeted ads to them. Okay? All right. Let's keep moving. So, when you run a targeted ad, you need to first think who's your audience and then what's your objective. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but if you do a Facebook or Instagram one, you have everything from awareness to traffic to video views to conversions, which isn't talking about, to Christianity. But let me tell you about the ones that you'll probably use. Brand awareness, don't use it. Because it's not based upon analytics. It's their guess of how many people. So it's a total waste of money. Boosting probably is a waste of money as well. Reach just means you want as many people as possible in your audience to see an ad. Traffic means you want people to click through to go to your website. Engagement means they've liked, they've sent you the heart emoji. They like your stuff. And that makes you feel really good and warm and fuzzy, and it has no bearing whatsoever. There's no benefit. It's a vanity metric. Right? It, it really is. Let's, let's just use coffee again. If I own a coffee shop and everybody puts the heart symbol on my coffee ad and nobody buys coffee, I'm not going to stay in business very long. So I I don't need hearts and likes. I need people who will do something. Go to a website, download something, send me a private message, whatever. It could be a a prayer catalog. It could be tons of stuff that you could use this for. Uh, Video views. Video views is what I tend to do when I go into a country for the very first time because it's the cheapest one. And I'll run a very short video, maybe 15 seconds to no more than 59 seconds because Instagram doesn't let you do longer than that. And it's super, super cheap. Uh, Lead generation probably won't use, though it can be really powerful. Messages can be really powerful. And it's more powerful right now because Facebook said they're integrating Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram DM. Anytime they say, hey, this is something we're planning to do, they start changing the algorithm in advance. And so unbelievable amount of numbers. And I'll show you here in a second. Conversion just means they've done something on your site. So like they've downloaded a Bible, or they've, they've scheduled an appointment with you, or whatever. Okay? Those, that's what that would mean. Those tend to cost more, but they're higher value. They've, they've done something that's really important to you, that you said, this is important for my ministry. That's what a conversion would be. Right. Catalog sales, store visits, probably not. But if that's something that fits for your ministry, that's available. All right? And Facebook just knows this is a person who spends a lot of time watching videos. And they'll put that ad in front of somebody who's most likely to watch the video or to click to go to a website or do whatever. All right? So that, understanding what your objective is. When you do that, then you, can, you pick out who your audience is. This is how you can create a custom audience. If you and your ministry right now already have email addresses, say you're a U.S.-based ministry, you can upload those, and they will create an audience that's about 60-70% to 70% of the numbers that you upload of people that are actively using Facebook or Instagram. So it's another way for you to do an email marketing campaign and use Facebook or Instagram ads or whatever as well. Those are called custom audiences. Here's your website traffic. All right? Here's engagement with your page. There's there's your video, so I can create an audience of people who watched that evangelistic video, who watched all of it. So if a person watched the whole evangelistic video, I assume they're probably interested in Jesus. I just want to create an audience of just people like that. Then I would choose video, and that's how you create. So there's a lot of options for you to learn and to use, and then you can create the lookalike from those. So, you pick your audience, and then you run your ad. Now, this is one from a couple years ago, but it told me, we ran this, this was one week, it was costing three cents per message, and we had 772 people sent us a private message. Now, we got other things, we got the vanity metrics, like page likes and that kind of stuff, comments on it and shares, but the key was, we were wanting people who were wanting to send us a private message about wanting to know Jesus. Side note, just a little bit of extra information. Square does better than any other form of picture. It takes up more space, especially on a mobile phone. And the color yellow is opened, on all my data at least, 62% more often. So if you notice, even on that ad, I put some yellow in it down there. So the human face, unbelievably powerful. The eyes, it draws people into an ad, and that's all we're trying to do. The The purpose of the ad... Is not to convert them, it's to catch their attention, to get them to go to a website to consider whatever it is that you are wanting that person to do. And then to start a conversation with them. So think steps. The ads are just the first part to that. Alright, let's talk about raising awareness for your ministry, or your org, or wherever you might be. One of the things that you can do is just, this is organic. You can just share pictures, especially behind the scenes or daily life things. These are really, really powerful. People like to see it. In fact, people don't like to see professional types of photos. So if you go out and you buy stock photos, they will not work as well as if you take out one of the most unbelievable tools that you have, which is your cell phone, and you just take pictures of it. Right? So it's super, super powerful. So pictures, all that's one way that you can just raise awareness. Video, live video, video events, things that you have. Hey, we're ready to get started for this prayer event, or we do some sort of live type of thing. And we've done this in closed countries where we just don't show faces, but we still do the audio of Facebook Live. So it's almost like a, a live podcast. Um, you can do VBS. You can do VBS presentations. I've done this when I was a missionary in Taiwan. And I literally, because the band was, was available, I could go to a temple and I could show to the kids back in the States, hey, here's people worshipping idols right now. I'm live right now at this temple. Look at this God right here. It's through the unknown God. You want to draw people in to be aware of what it is that you do? Video and live video can be extremely powerful for you. Another one, just digital versions of your newsletters. But you can make them interactive. So people can click on things, and then they can see videos, or they can see articles, or they can see more information. (coughs) So that's another way where you can just raise awareness just through social media. Put your, your newsletters online as well. Some more ideas. Your email campaigns. Try to coordinate all of your social media with your email as well. Email will reach certain people, and in some countries, like, nobody uses email, but they use SMS. And so that is, is, if you can take email, you could also say an SMS campaign. It may be in your your country or wherever it is that you're working at. In fact, text messaging has an over 90% open rate in almost every location that I'm using it. Now, it's more expensive than an email, obviously, but if it's getting open that high, that can be really, really powerful. Targeted ads, I've already said that, but if your goal is awareness, then your objective should be reach. So you want as many people as possible to see this. It could be like you just want to put $5 behind to make sure that everybody that likes your page and your ministry sees this post about some event that you have coming up. Then you could run a targeted ad with the objective of reach so that as many people as possible could actually see that information. It's discouraging to have a group. I've I've got one ministry I work with and they have 250,000 people that like the page and then we'll put out an organic post for them, and it might only be two or 3,000 people that actually see it. So that, those days of, hey, like us on Facebook or whatever, it, there's no benefit anymore. It is a pay-to-play environment, and that is not going away. So if that's where your audience is, then you might need to pay it a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot to help raise awareness. Blogging or video blogging could be another thing that you could do, and you can share these on social media. In fact, a blog is fantastic if you have like a Twitter account, because you can take different bits of information from that and have all sorts of stuff that you're putting out through that social media channel. So a blog is a tremendous way to teach and to raise awareness for subjects that you're an expert in. Plus, it creates credibility, and it's there. People are searching for it. A podcast or another one. This is one that I have. This is the method I've chosen for my, my business's mission is to create a podcast where I just teach what I'm sharing with you all. And for me, I enjoy that tremendously. For other people, they would hate it to do that. But it is a growing area. And because it's, it gives people the ability to hear... When they're on the mower, or they're driving, or whatever else. So to engage in content in a time when usually they would just be listening to music or, or something else. So podcasting. What's that podcasting? Uh, mine's called Christian Media Marketing. Yeah, Christian Media Marketing's on iTunes and Spotify and wherever else I think podcasts are found. Uh, let's see, let's keep going. So FAQ pages. Once again, if people are searching you can start to create these commonly asked questions or frequently asked questions and you can share that information. So that information is answering people's questions but then you can put it out on social media and that's going to raise more awareness about that subject that people are interested in. And so if if it's a medical one, maybe there's something that's happening and people are asking questions about it. Well, put out those frequently asked questions. Answer questions on social media and you're going to find that that gets shared. A lot. And you don't pay any money. Organic sharing is, that's nice. Okay, that's an excellent thing. Alright, so some points to remember. Don't overshare. Like Facebook. You don't, don't put things on there ten times a day. There's no need. That's Twitter. Understand the platform that you're working on and don't overshare on it. Be consistent though. Make a plan. Schedule out what you want to put on it. And don't try to be everywhere. Don't think, well, we've got to have Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and LinkedIn and Facebook. And No, start with one or two. Figure out where your target audience is and go there. Uh, there was one Middle Eastern country where they aren't on Facebook. So we did Twitter ads a lot. And that, but that's where people were. And we started seeing really good results from it. So you don't have to be everywhere. Start small. Raising support is the last one I want to share about. I would encourage you that one of the ways you can use social media for that is to have a dedicated prayer site. Think of it as a website where the message is prayer for your ministry or for people in your ministry. You'll have to choose whether that's specific prayer request, which means you need to, to lock down who can see access to that group, like a, a, you know, a membership type website, or you can kind of be anonymous and leave it open for anybody and everybody. In one country that I was actually showing you charts there, When the Arab Spring began in this location and the dictator flipped on the switch to turn on the internet, in essence open it up to everybody there, what was happening before that happened was a movement of over 100,000 people who were praying for the Spirit to work in that country. That was the groundwork to what we saw later on. And so raising prayer support can be done in dramatic ways and in multiple languages. We had that going in six different languages. Imagine, people in Korea praying about a movement in another Middle Eastern country. So a prayer site, dedicated prayer. Um, This can work with your email campaigns, uh, any kind of prayer campaigns. You can even set up a chat bot through, if people use Facebook Messenger, to send out prayer updates. They can basically sign up to automatically receive those as well. So those are just some of the ways of, of technology that's out there. Now, online giving, obviously, is another one. If we've seen things, at least in the United States, when there's these natural disasters, people give. They take out their phone, they give $10. They might go to the Red Cross or something else, but they can also give to yours when they see that there's opportunities. So as you're sharing how God is working in your specific ministry, it could be a hospital, it could be anything, as you're telling stories and you're showing pictures or you're sharing videos, as they begin to get to know you, They're like, wow, I really know this organization. Then when you do come on there and you go, you know, we have this opportunity, but we need this piece of equipment, or we need this or that or whatever, people will give. It may not be huge gifts, but you want to make it so that it's mobile-friendly and really, really easy to give. Make sure you have an online giving option that does that. You can also then retarget and make sure that those people who are your financial supporters see other content from you as well. So maybe they're seeing your prayer updates now, they're getting your newsletter, or whatever. You have multiple channels of communication. This helps you then just build your audience out. You can also, just one last one, this is kind of a random one, but I use this a ton. I use it for scheduling. So I'll put a link on there, and so instead of doing the email, hey, are you free on Tuesday at 9? The email back, no, what about 10.30? Uh, email back, oh, I can't do 10.30, I've already got this or that, where you do 20 emails. I just pay for a service called Calendly. I think it's $100 a month, or a year total, and it just shows my calendar of open dates, and then people can just, they pick the time that already works with them to schedule a time. If you have a clinic, it could be something that you could use. Facebook itself has built in some scheduling options there. Okay, So, alright. I want to give this to you, I think that we put this material out here. If we don't, I will put this someplace to give you access to these last two slides. And now I just want to answer questions. There's different types of tools that can help you with a lot of this. All right, I'm I'm just going to go quick to just tell you. There's all sorts of software that help you with scheduling or even just creating social media posts. All right, so don't write these down. I'm just telling you, they're there. Um, And this is content creation and sharing ones as well. And there's just I'm not saying these are great. These are just some of the ones that are out there. Okay? If you if you're not a graphic artist or whatever, there's still some great tools for you. All right. What questions do you all have? Yes sir. Mass SMS. I'm, to- I'm told that every Every phone number in the world has an email address associated with it. How do you find that and mass, mass email to those texts? Uh, well, if that's true, and I don't know if it is. So he was asking about mass SMS and does it have email that's attached to it. That, I, I don't know the answer to that. But let me, let me say this. If even it does, it doesn't mean they check it. I've got two sons in college. One's a cybersecurity guy getting ready to graduate. So I'm saying every text comes from an email address that sends the text through email to that phone. So It's, it's going to come as a text. They don't know they have it. Oh, I see what you're asking there. Um, I still don't know how to find that one. Um, but to finish my thought, not everybody checks their email, especially not my college-age sons. So. But they do check their text, their text messaging. Um, though that's becoming less and less secure and less and less used. So you, depending on your context, WhatsApp, uh, Signal, different types of ones, people are starting to use more and more in different parts of the world. So even that wouldn't necessarily then have that email attached to it. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's a changing environment. Great question. I, I've never heard that before. What else? Other questions? Yes, ma'am. Talk about not oversharing. Where like, best practices for how often? So the shelf life on certain things like Twitter might only be 15 minutes. So you can use that same piece and schedule it multiple times. Facebook or Instagram, you probably don't want to do more than two to three a day. Um, depending upon the content and your audience, you might be just one. Or it could be one every other day if it's an organic piece. So it depends on your capabilities of what can you do to be consistent. So if you start off and you're doing one, one every day or three every day, then people begin to expect that. Um, doing, posting three times a day does not ensure that you get three times as many people to see it as well. You'll post the first time, depending upon how people respond to it, will show how much reach happens on the second time and the third time. The more people engage, the more Facebook rewards that by showing it to more people. So posting more doesn't ensure that more people will actually see that content. So I usually encourage people to, when they're getting started on like Evangelistic, um, start running targeted ads, have a six-month plan on that, and then post organic content that you can can also take that and make that an ad later. There's a way to do that. So then you can use your organic as a test to see how are people responding to it. And if you put a picture or a video out and people love it, that's a great piece of content to make it into an ad later on. So it's like free testing. so you have your own personal Facebook page and then your ministry needs to be set up as a different type of page and you can have multiple business business is just in quote type of a page Uh, there's different ways to set up those pages um, and there's a few different options as you do that, but when you just go uh, to business.facebook.com, it will walk you through that process of setting it up, and that is by far the best practice. Facebook does not want you to be using your personal Facebook page to be promoting your ministry or business or or anything else. So, from the Facebook business account, you can ha- you can set up more than one page different than my Facebook page setting up other pages. That's right. Yes. And how can you keep it anonymous? So when you run with a business one currently, and this is very much a changing, very fluid thing. In fact, Facebook is just right now saying they're going to start showing who the basic, in essence, super admins, the page owners of these pages are. I, I'm in a ton of places with a ton of people that I honestly worry a lot. I pray to God because it's not a question of if there's people that want to do harm. We know that there are. So um, the only answer I have to your question since the recording about safety is I'm going to put my name on every page. Um, so I, I'm just not going to allow the people in these countries to have that. Now, that, there's a disadvantage to that, um, which means if you look at the page, it's going to say the primary owner is somebody in the United States. But most people on their phones in whatever place, is not, they're not looking at that. The people who wish to do harm will. I have no problem with that. I have a problem if, they, if it's people local that's getting their names that are out there. It is... Um, I also think there's a place where we need to not operate out of fear. It um, doesn't mean we need to be dumb. But we, if we're not willing to take risks in the name of Jesus and push and to do whatever else, um, then we're not doing, maybe, what the call was We do this. So we need to be really, really smart. It is a changing environment. Okay? It definitely is... Facebook business account is the safe way to do that. The safest way to do that currently. Okay? Yes? Um, is there a way to use Facebook Pixel or Google Analytics um, to kind of to see if you're capturing the attention of uh, people that maybe you don't want to know that you're advertising? So, but, yeah, so anytime a person sends negative stuff, if they're angry or whatever else, we we block that person because I don't want to keep paying ads for them to go to them. I'm not blocking the Holy Spirit. Okay? He can still work in that person's life. But uh, we do that, so when there's any negative comments, we delete that comment and block that person. There are ways to see, then, to retarget, to say how many people have come to the website and looked at multiple pages, how many people have messages or whatever. That's, your, that's the group that's shown by their actions that they're really interested. And then you can run another ad just to those kind of people. Is there a way to know if like, the local authorities are on too? No, but I would tell you, any activity that we do, uh, um, my son is a cybersecurity guy, like I said, he's presented to the FBI even already, American Association of Forensic Scientists. Uh, I'd say, and yeah, he's my son, but I'd say he's really, really smart. If a government wants to know who you are, they're going to figure that out. And so our attempts of changing one letter and saying, hey, well, d- d- pray to the father or this or that or whatever else, is kindergarten with, with you know, professional football players. You know, if you were having a football game, kindergartners versus the pros. That's what it is. So, if you want... What he would say is, if you really want to be secure on things, get an iPhone and never back it up. But even that's not guaranteed anymore. So, um, if, if they want to... So, we just... Saudi Arabia, it just came out today or yesterday. They have people inside Twitter that was giving out information, username, emails, to the Saudi government of who dissidents and people critical of them. So, no, there's no guarantees on any of that. Yeah. Right, yep. Yep. All right, other questions? we got just literally maybe a minute or two at most. And then I'll, I'll stick around and talk to you all as much these next two to three days. But uh, any other questions on this? I know I went through a lot. I appreciate your patience for letting me uh, get my sprint exercise in and running over here today. But any other specific questions that you want to ask on the record? Uh, I, I follow. there's a tremendous amount of podcasts, I'm a part of some mastermind groups that I pay to be a part of where this is what we do, and then it just continues to grow, and so at a certain point when you have so many pages and so many different mission organizations um, you begin to collect all of that data, and you can experiment, and you can begin to see, and, um, and so that's where it is, but there's stuff I, I'm still learning stuff every day, and, and there's people who come along and say, hey what about this or whatever, and so I'm, I spend about an hour a day trying to stay current and read podcasts, those kind of things. So, Because it's always a moving target. Are those recommended? They're, they're not. But, um, they're, I mean, there's, if you just start searching on podcasts, there's several good ones that are out there. Um, there's not Christian ones, which is the reason why I made the one that I have. Um, but there, if you can take something that's in business, you can apply it over to how we can use it in ministry. And that's, that's really what I do, is just translate from business to ministry types of stuff. So, all right, let me pray for you all. Uh, thank you for the opportunity just to get to share with you. I hope that it's a benefit and I hope that it will help you in what you do. And I, I just appreciate you all very much. So, let me pray. God, thanks for this group that you brought here. And I pray your blessing would be upon them and their ministries for the gifts and the skills. In the area of medicine and so many other ways that you've gifted them, God, uh, we thank you. And we pray that you will use those mightily for your kingdom. And God, for tools like social media, help us to be wise about how to best leverage those for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you.